You are listening to the Melrose Place podcast, where we rewatch, recap, and analyze every single episode of the hit 90s TV series, Melrose Place. I'm Jenny Hill. I'm Dan Hill. Let's get rocking and rolling. Woo! Episode 5, Non-Sexual Healing. When I get that, that feeling, feeling, I want non-sexual healing. Sexual healing. Yeah, sexual. Non-sexual. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> air date, October 10th, 1994. And I'm pretty sure this is the birthday of my cat. Rest in peace, Toby. Toby. Yeah. Oh. I know his birthday was October 10th. I think it was 94. Oh, honey. But he did. Oh, and before he went, he <laughs> Don't speak <was> badly <laughs> about my cat. Very worse for the wear. Yes. He, Broken teeth and matted hair and all. He had a rough go he towards really the did. end. <laughs> he really did. But uh, that's, that's not what we're here to talk there. about. Yeah. We're not here to talk about that. Uh, so... We start this episode off at the beach house. Michael has once again delivered the best sex of Kimberly's life. Kimberly is so happy and she says, I just love waking up to the man I love. And Michael makes a joke and says, yeah, with the stay of execution, just staying in the breeze. And Kimberly is not very happy about this joke. She tells him not to joke about their love. She felt as though last night was the first time they truly belonged to one another. Yeah, and she wants she wants us to be official. And she can't wait to move from Los Angeles. Right, so being official would mean that he has to finalize his divorce to old Sydney, and then they want to start it. Well, she wants to start over. They can make up any past that they want, and they can be happy together. Yep. And Michael, he gets out of bed, and he's just basically like, hey, bitch, I'm right where I want to be. I got my memory back. I'm about to go back to work. Like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm going to stay here. And while you're at it, hon, can you go ahead and go make me some breakfast? Thanks. Bye. Yeah, he's like, yeah, when breakfast is ready, babe. <laughs> and my have the tables turned. Yeah, it's a total role reversal. But they, they've, they're they they're playing this one out, too, because they, they sort of did that the last one when he was like, go get me some coffee. I just have to ask, what is Kimberly's motivation for staying with Michael? Yeah, I don't know. Now that, now that it's well, now that it's back to normal, it's done. Cat's out of the bag. He knows that that she was trying to kill him. Right, but now that's all done because he he gave her the ultimatum: love me or leave me. And she was like, "All right, I'll love. I'm you. loving you." And but she loved him like naturally before too. So now it's just we're we're on, but it. She still wants to be king shit, and she's not. So, yeah, 
that 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 part of it makes me think yeah why don't why do you still want to be with him if but, you don't like playing you know, housewife it, it's not black and white relationships are very complicated there's lots of gray areas when it comes to the matters of the heart sometimes your mind isn't at the forefront so maybe you know, Kimberly has these lingering feelings for Michael and she wants to get back to how things were with little tweaks mm-hmm. of her kind of having a more dominant role in the relationship. But looks like Michael's not going to let that happen. No, nope. And so now we get the opening credits. And I, I made a note here that Matt's opening, Doug Savant's opening is the worst. It's sad. I mean, everybody else has this playful like, <laughs> Look into the camera and smile. Yeah. Or they have a, a shot of them in a scene, and then they like look at the camera and do something. <laughs> Matt's is just like like staring off into space, and he's like, "Oh wait, you're here!" And he just like looks up. Yeah, he has one. <laughs> no, he has one not looking. Yeah, and then he has another one also not looking, but in a different direction. No, then he and like then looks up at the camera like last minute. He doesn't it. even look at the camera. Okay, he looks up. Sorry. Yeah, he, he just looks up. <laughs> and, it's, and it's really sad. It's like you, it evokes a feeling of sadness. Yeah, it's just cold and like... And could that be because he's really not utilized at all in these story arcs? Yes. It's like nothing's going on with Matt. You couldn't get, they couldn't give him like anything. Like, and he's Allison just like, gets to thanks eat. a lot. She at least eats a spoon. She eats a spoon. <laughs> she eats from a spoon. <laughs> Everyone has a thing. Like Sydney pulls her top hat, top hat off. off. Yeah. Jake opens the fridge. He doesn't anymore. Uh, he doesn't anymore. He I gets, he off, gets the bike. off the bike. Yeah. yeah, like everyone has a thing. Um, Jane has a thing. I forget what it was, but it was a thing. I think she just smiles. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it could just be a smile, but I know what you're. I totally know what you're talking about. Billy's is pretty lame too. Yeah, he's just now that he doesn't have the walking down the street and like <laughs> reaching out to hey, a guy. stranger. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Matt's is the worst. And now we start the actual episode off at D&D. Now, a gentleman walks into Amanda Woodward's office carrying a like a FedEx envelope. And you really enjoyed this part. I had to rewind it. <laughs> I had to rewind it immediately. First this just guy. came for you, Miss Woodward. I'm like, whose nephew is that? That is <laughs> you a, always think it's a nephew. That's a favor casting right there. This kid, he just comes up. Nice hammer pants, by the way. And that mullet has really has got a lot yeah, going on. He, there's product in that mullet. And there's a Mary Tyler Moore flip at the end of it. It's <laughs> very, I mean, very intricate. You could tell this is the best day of his life, like delivering that line of like, this just came in, Miss Woodward. Like, he didn't have to do that. That is someone's nephew, 100%. And he has this puffy ass dress shirt tucked into. What an intern. <laughs> okay. What an intern. So Amanda takes it, she opens it, and she finds it's a VHA, VHS tape. VHA. Which she promptly puts into her television with the VCR just oh, God. in her office. 90s moments. And we see it's a, a tape from Palmer Woodward. And he, he's just looking at the camera and he's like, Amanda, I'm sorry to have to say goodbye like this. By the time you see this, I'll be on the way to Mexico with Jake. Try not to hate me. (laughs) 
about and that's it later it's like okay so let's walk through what it took for him to orchestrate this entire thing he could have written her a letter and had it sent why go for the videotape someone filmed that for him like yeah. does he just have vhs equipment or a recorder and then what it took to get a messenger to take it over to her office? Well, it was probably Brittany. Brittany. Brittany probably shot that a while ago. Well, I don't know, Dan, because the plan has hatched to implicate Jake in this whole like trade-off thing. Yeah. I don't know. So I just thought it was a little... For the message that it conveyed, it was a little much. Yeah, it was a, yeah, a little, little too much. So next scene, Amanda wanting to investigate what's going on, rolls up to the harbor where the pretty lady is typically docked and she goes there to see an empty slip. The boat is gone and there are several police officers crowded around where the boat once was. Yeah. And she rolls up to these two cops and she's like, officer, what's going on? And the cops just like, who's asking? <laughs> she 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 wants to know what's going on. The cops deliver their lines of like, "Oh well, we saw the pretty lady. It left at five thirty, and it exploded off of Catalina well, Island." Before she's like, "Hi, my name is Amanda Woodward. My father Palmer. He's a fugitive fugitive of justice. You might call him." And then they immediately try to call it in. Like they're like, oh, "What?" <laughs> She's like, don't worry. I've already told the FBI. I have reason to believe that he is on that ship. So I'd like to know what happened. And then the cop is like, yeah, it blew up. <laughs> it's just oh, like, yeah. That shit blew up, son. It's and a wrap. there are no known survivors. So what a way to to like get the news that your father could possibly be dead. Yeah, off some beat cops on the dock. And what are they doing there? What about the investigation has to deal with right there? Well, he even said he went to go talk to somebody else there. Other people that could have seen things that could have led to the boat exploding. And uh, somebody there at the dock said that the pretty lady left around 5.30 p.m. last night. And they could be like, and there's this weird lady like living on his <laughs> boat for like a week. <laughs> she always brought back lunch. <laughs> And they had sex a lot. So we go to the hospital next, and Michael comes to pay Matt a visit. He has gotten his memory back. He's excited because he's got his job all squared away, and he's got Kimberly back. And Matt is really surprised to see him. And he's like, you really don't remember anything, do you? And Michael's like, no, I remember everything, Matt. Matt's like holding on to like the last bit of his importance on the show. He's like, please. You know. <laughs> keep me in the story please he knows what really happened and he's like but you you you, do you uh kimberly like the whole thing you you know it and and michael's like yeah you douchebag i know it it's all good then matt kind of puts two and two together and he's like and you want to stay with kimberly after she tried to kill you michael i do not advise that this is a good idea you need to pack up your stuff you can come stay with me and you need to get out of town she's gonna kill you and michael pretty much just downplays this and he's like that's crazy matt everything's fine between kimberly and i you need to just keep your he's like he says, Mind your own I, business. And then he says... He, he goes like, uh, I don't judge your lifestyle, do I? And it's like, 
Yes, yeah. you do. You have a lot of There's times. There's many times you have said stuff to Matt about his lifestyle, quote unquote. Yeah, you've even like used it against him at times to get him to do things that you want. Yeah. You're so, a dick. <laughs> you do judge him. So he walks away all huffy puffy like, oh, leave me alone, Matt. And Matt, of course, is just left like, well, that's my only part of this episode. Yep. So. Then he, he goes back offset, chained to the basement. <laughs> Ready for his next duties. So let's head to D&D. And this hottie rolls up. Is she though? I thought so. That hairstyle, man. I thought she was all right. Elizabeth Wyatt. She is the secretary. And she is played by Heather Campbell. Who is known for her work on Baywatch. uh, As Neely Capshaw. Police Academy. As Annie Medford. And... Uh, that's kind of it. Malcolm and Eddie. Do you remember Malcolm and Eddie? No. (laughs) She was on Seinfeld as Sheila. And yeah, that's basically it. They're giving Billy an assistant, a secretary, which is like, for what? And she's done her homework on him. She knows all about him. She knows that he's been working there for three weeks and four days. He's come from Escapade Magazine. She read his whole expose on the dating profile thing. And And you looked great on the cover. And at first, I thought that she was saying that, like, he had put out his dating profile and she had seen him because she was trying to find a date too. Oh, no. And I was like, wait, when did he put out a dating profile? But then I remembered, oh, yeah, he wrote that whole article in Escapade about like peeling back the curtain of what really happens with VHS, VHS video dating. dating. And he <laughs> says, he says a funny line. He's like, I guess I should tell you about the company, but I don't really know anything about it. <laughs> He doesn't know shit. <laughs> and even if he was there for like a year, he probably still wouldn't know anything. And he, this, this is a red flag, guys. She takes her coffee black and decaf. What? Ew. <laughs> What's the point? What's the fucking point Maybe of that? Maybe you just want the taste of coffee, but you don't like what caffeine does to you and you don't need the calories of sugar and cream. Who? Does that? I mean, we wouldn't do that because like, we dump are gluttons. Sh- dump cream and sugar <laughs> in mine, please. But, I don't mind to take taste the least like coffee possible. But then Billy is like, "Well, I only drink one cup of coffee a day, so you don't have to worry about it." But I'll get you coffee sometime, yeah. and that's how it comes up that she likes it black decaf. And I have a Allison sees this as a break in the conversation. Oh, she like uh. Elizabeth says, uh, if you need me, I'll be filing my little heart out. Well, no. Before she says that, remember Billy says, well, if you're new to L.A. and if your name starts with a vowel, you get free lunch on Wednesdays. Oh, yeah. What a line. Yeah. And Allison hears this and takes notice of what's going on. So she comes over to meet Elizabeth. You can tell that she's very cold to her. Elizabeth leaves and <laughs> Allison is really mad at Billy. He's She's like, oh, great, Billy, you're flirting in the workplace. How unprofessional. She does not want him flirting at all. She's really, really pissed. And she's like, oh, yeah, the whole new to L.A. name starts with a vowel. You get a free lunch. You use that line on me. And it sounds like <laughs> she says, um, you, 
<laughs> that she used that, that she used that line on Billy. But no, she did. We misunderstood it, so we She's had like, to rewind it like five times because yeah. we were like, "His name is B. It's not yeah, a vowel." You would never get him lunch. <laughs> anyway, that was our mistake. So let's head on over to Mancini Designs. Jane is teaching Sid how to sew. Yeah. Very important at uh, at a fashion designing it's place. It's kind of like, wow, I didn't know that Sydney was actually going to be making the garments. I thought she was more of like an administrative assistant. Yeah, like like she did at a, at a K Beacons, like go get donuts. Yeah, but I she's guess great she's great at getting donuts. Really into the thick of things over there. And they have a visitor. It's Michael Mancini, and he's come to see his wife. And Jane rolls up. Does Jane... Yeah, Jane does know he got his memory. Yeah, because they had that beef last episode with her all tied up. Yeah. With Sydney all tied up. So they're not cool at this point. So Michael rolls up, and he's like... Jane's like, no, Michael, you cannot come in here. She is at work. And he's like, I came to see my wife. Yeah, and Sydney has a couple of funny little quips here. She says... Looks like the Sleazeball Hall of Fame is missing a member. Now, what would bring vermin like you out into the daylight? Ooh. <laughs> and so Michael wants to talk to Sydney about the divorce. He wants to just get it over with. And he says, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. I prefer the easy way. Just sign the papers. I'll give you $5,000. Get out of my life and we're done. And why is Sydney fighting this? I don't know. Sydney's like, no, Michael, well, I want to be the Queen of England, but I can't do that. Or she says something like stupid like that. Like you want to be married? Like you want to be married to Michael? You are insane. You hate him. And Jane just answers and says, look, Michael, we'll think about it and we'll let you know. Because I guess she's like her power of attorney or executor or something. So yeah. uh, we'll think about it. We'll think about what we want and get back to you. That's what she says. All right, so next scene, Joe is knocking on Amanda's door, but it's kind of weird because Amanda's door is slightly ajar, and she's calling out, Amanda, are you in there? She kind of lets herself in, and um, she's... Amanda's a lot like my grandmother was. What do you mean? Like, we'd always go visit my grandma, and she'd just be sitting in there in the dark. <laughs> With her door open crying? No, not crying, but just, just kind of just chilling. And be like, Grandma, what are you doing? <laughs> She'd just be sitting be there sitting in the there. dark. Yeah, kicking it. Okay. I thought it was kind of cute. He's like, what are you doing, Grandma? Well, uh, in this case, it's not very cute. Amanda is kind of crying. She's upset. And Joe's like, hey, I've been trying to get in touch with you all day. I've left you three messages. There's brown water coming out of my faucet. Yuck. Um, what? And as a pregnant mother-to-be, like, you got to hydrate. You can't. You can't be having that stuff coming out of your faucet yeah. all day. You're going to use that to cook, to clean yourself with, and your landlord isn't getting back to you? This is a really serious thing. Slum, slumlord. <laughs> like she is a slumlord. And Amanda is like not even looking at her. She's just seated on the couch, and she's like, this is the name of the plumber. Call him. He'll come out and fix it. You just build to me. Take care of it. And she's like, well, that's not part of my duties you are supposed to be doing that why would i need to do it and amanda's like look i've had a really bad day okay things are going really not great and if you have to know the pretty lady exploded and both jake and my father on it and they're presumed dead yeah and then this sends joe into uh an oh ouch mode and she has to 
this is why Amanda has Asperger's because you have to speak with her in and tell her exactly how you are speaking to her because she cannot decipher inflection, uh, inflection and words and and anything. So she, Joe, has to tell her, Amanda, I am speaking to you as a friend. And, <laughs> and, then, and then Amanda, then she like peels back the the bitch layers and she tells Joe. Uh, like just about it and then not to tell anyone until the morning until the morning because she's all talked out all talked out for the night yeah and and still no resolution on that brown water i mean (laughs) i i can only (laughs) hope that joe then did take her advice and called the plumber like Mm -hmm. she said um but the next scene i i would tell if i were joe i would tell amanda say at the end i would say Amanda, I'm really, really sorry about your dad and Jake. Um, that's really tough. So when you call the plumber, <laughs> should I leave my door unlocked? Or is he going to be here like tonight? No. Because <laughs> that's still an issue. <laughs> okay. Regardless, you are on, your, on duty. So next scene, it's the next day. We see an exterior shot of Melrose Place. Fuck Chris. What? I hate Chris. Well, we get a rollerblader first that goes across. (laughs) Across a nice little area that we went to. Yeah. And then our retailer friend, Chris, comes to knock on Jane's door in the morning. He he says, (laughs) he's like, I was just so starved. I need to come over here and have dinner Breakfast surprise. with you. Surprise breakfast. I'm going to have a surprise breakfast with you. And I'm like, man, people at Melrose Place have so much time in the morning. Like, if people are having meetings. They're j- like cooking full breakfast. We're married and I live with you. And if you were like, hey, Dan, I just want to have surprise breakfast with you. I would be like, I'm really sorry, Jenny, but I got to roll. <laughs> like, I'm like fucking late. <laughs> <laughs> I slept until like the like 15 minutes like after yeah. my alarm went off. Mornings are no good. So like times are t- are tied up. Yeah, these people they get up. They're early risers. Thought I'd roll in. Surprise breakfast. What do you got? And he doesn't have breakfast. Well He comes for surprise breakfast that she cooks. No, no, they're going out to get breakfast. Oh. So that's even more time. But on the way. Sydney, well, while he comes in, she's like, I'm almost ready. We can leave. Sydney comes out in like a robe, having just got out of the bath. And he's just like, like looking at her, like just like salivating over her. And Sydney tries to ignore him as best as she can. And she's like, Jane, I'm just thinking about this whole Michael thing. I think we should just do like sign the divorce papers. And I just got to tell him what I want. That's all I need to do. And that's when the retailer Chris has an idea and he says, you know what you should do is get Michael to give up his interest in Jane's business. And then you can sell that back to Jane. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Really, she should just give it back to Jane. Yeah. She really based on should. like all the crap that she's put Jane through. So everybody's in agreement. This is a really good idea. Um, Jane and Chris go off to breakfast and then, um, it's so weird. They're talking about divorcing, like, the same guy yeah and they're just like cool with it it's so weird 
it's such a, a strange dynamic. But as soon as Chris and Jane leave, Sydney then picks up the phone and she calls Michael and tells him that she's ready to talk about the terms of the divorce, that he needs to make a reservation at a fancy place. Mm-hmm. And she wants to make go sure somewhere. it's expensive. Expensive. Exactly. And I, I have to note, product placement works. You want to know why? Why? I didn't know this, but in my in my notes, Sid's Sid's having lucky charms. And guess what I told you to get at the store? You are so influenced. Like that, I had no idea. Like that it, kind of stuff really works on you so it bad. Didn't, yeah, I didn't like, even notice. You're the it. kid that's like violence is due to video games. Like you're the kid that plays a video game and you're like, I want to go punch people now <laughs> after yeah. playing Street Fighter. We watched like two hours of Jersey Shore the other night. <laughs> And then I started talking shit to Jenny. (laughs) Okay, we've gone back and we started watching the original episodes of Jersey Shore. And we will not podcast that. Guys, it's so funny. Like, if you like drama, it's perfect. But I can't believe it. We watched like three episodes and then Dan's like bossing me around. (laughs) It's like, excuse me. In an Italian accent. (laughs) Or New York accent. But yeah, I didn't even realize that. I wrote, she sits having lucky charms, and I subconsciously was like, get lucky charms. It works. On you. It works. Freaking, what, how many years later? Yeah, so... So Sydney, yeah, Sid calls Michael, they set up dinner, and we go to Allison. She catches Amanda uh, outside her apartment, walk like, headed to work, and Allison for whatever reason, is like, um, Amanda, uh, Billy's desk is too close to mine. Can you please, can I, can you please move me or him? Yeah. And And it's just like, dude, remember the very last episode when Amanda says her like grand plan to Allison where I'm going to make your life a living hell. I'm going to fuck you over all the time at work. You are not going to be able to quit and you're not going to be getting fired. I'm going to make your life terrible and you could never... What did you say? You wouldn't get a a job bagging groceries? groceries. I would move out of Melrose Place. I would not have any contact with that bitch. I would talk to Bruce only. Like... What's what's the matter with yeah, you, Allison? She has the audacity to be like, um, excuse me, I have a personal request. I don't like who I'm sitting next to, and I feel like my productivity would be a lot higher if I could be somewhere he's not. It's like, why would you go to Amanda for that request? What's wrong with you? Stupid. So, of course, I mean, I can't, I'm not befaulting Amanda of how she reacts to this, because I'm like... You know what she's trying to do. Amanda throws it back in her face and she's like, oh, well, let's compare problems. So is your chair okay? Oh, yeah. She's like, <laughs> is is your chair okay? Is that hurting you or is that going to be okay? Because you know what? I have a really big problem. And let's compare. The pretty lady just sank uh, and exploded off of the coast of Catalina. Into smithereens. And it's been blown up into smithereens. And both my father and Jake were on that boat. So, yeah. Well, your desk placement is really important to me. I've got a lot on my mind right now, and I've got to get to work. And she says, but I'll be sure to make your desk a high priority. <laughs> and she just walks away, and Allison's like, oh, my God. But... It's like, shut up, Al- 
else but is on the other my nerves. The other side of the coin, though, you you never want to like something bad happens to you. Yes, this is horrible. Your dad is probably dead in the water, and then. And why are you going to work? <laughs> yeah, why are you going to work? That's what I said to you while we were watching it. I was like, "All right, well, look, you're well enough to go to work, so you need to be you need to be a professional." And, 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 and keep the two separate. But you also don't want to be that person who is always throwing like the bad things in your life out all to the people. time. Yeah. yeah. Like two scenes a man is in, it's been Jake's dead, boat's blown up, dad's dead. Like no matter what's going on in your life, Jake's my dead. problems completely supersede yours and yeah. i don't even care about it it's small potatoes based on what i'm dealing with yeah she's just being a big one-upper and she waits she waits for it she waits for someone to come to her and ask to, like, her something reveal yeah and her she's level like, of oh, problem oh okay your feet hurt mm. my dad blew up in a boat <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, hey, hi. Yeah, you want to talk? Sure, let's do it. Oh, you had some bad fruit? Mm. Well, Jake blew up in a boat. <laughs> like, don't be that person. Come on. You're always throwing it, to, throwing it in somebody's face. Oh, mm. you got a splinter today? My dad got shot in the chest and blew up in a boat. <laughs> Remember that, guys. When you're having a bad day, if you're listening to this, you're having a bad day. Just remember that Jane, that uh, that fucking Amanda's boyfriend and dad both blew up <laughs> smithereens in a boat, and she still went to work. Remember that. Okay, so we go to D and D. It's later that same day. Billy's on the phone, and Elizabeth comes up to him at the tail end, kind of hearing his conversation. He hangs up and he looks very downtrodden and she asks bad news and Billy says yes. And she asks if Billy wants to talk about it. And And Billy's using the desk as a jungle gym. (laughs) What the fuck? I know. Why is he sitting like that? Guys, go back, watch this scene. He is like his whole ass is like up on the screen and his leg is all up on and he's it. he's like twisted in a weird way and he has an entirely jean outfit on. Yeah. <laughs> Billy, this is not your home. <laughs> so Billy basically gives her like the Cliff Notes version. My friend was on a boat that blew up. <laughs> <laughs> and the secretary is like, oh, okay, well. I'm really sorry about that. And then a man, of course, Allison comes in on this conversation as well. Uh, a man, guys, Amanda's leaving early. In case you have any questions about the account, just let me know. And Billy, did Jake blow up on that boat? Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> and the, the the assistant is like, oh, did you know him too? And then Allison's like, yeah, bitch, I knew him. I no, knew him a lot. She's like, did... Did you know him too? And she says, yeah, I know him. Like she's holding out hope that like he's alive. Oh, I didn't catch that. That's how I took it at least. Oh, yeah. That's probably how it is. So, and she's just, she's showing like, I have a relationship with Billy outside of this. We have. We have mutual friends. mutual friends. That blew up on a boat. Yeah. And how did you get a job and I didn't know about it? (laughs) Because 
I think she's supposed to be her secretary too. Yeah, she's just like secretary for the group. I don't know. But, you know, there's all these hires and Allison never knows anything about it. Yet she's like a senior exec. Okay. Um, so we go to the fancy dinner at Montezino's restaurant with Sydney and Michael to talk terms. And Michael, he is the best line of the episode. He says, it's been my curse to love two women. <laughs> but Kimberly came first, so I have to go with her. Yeah, what? <laughs> the weirdest reasoning ever. And, and his other reasoning is, uh, you know, I, I wasn't around with her when her parents took her. But they told you she was dead, so don't have heart. Don't be, don't feel guilty. Follow your heart, Michael. So Michael says, look, take the $5,000, sign the paper, and then we'll get on with our lives. But Sydney is trying to hold on hope here. She's like, Michael, you told me that you loved me once. Was it true? I just want to be with you. I don't want your stuff. I don't want your money. I just want you. And he's like, Sid, dude, I don't even have to give you $5,000. You were a prostitute. You tried to kill me. You went to a nut house. I'm doing this out of the goodness of my heart. You won't win anything from me because you're batshit nuts. And he has a point. Kind of has a point. I mean, if you, like, <laughs> like they're, they're, they were only married for a very short period of time. And they could probably get that annulled and show that because she did plead, basically admit to trying to kill him, that there is no grounds for her getting anything out of the divorce. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. And then she's like, you know what? I love California law. I don't understand this either. She's like, California law. I can get half of your earnings. Well, because California. Isn't Jane already getting that? <laughs> That divorce was not long ago. I think she's getting that. I think she is too. And I think California law, just it's very lenient and very, I guess, friendly toward p- people who, I, I don't even know how to phrase this. Like, It's very divorce friendly. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's very alimonious. Yes, it's very like, oh, if you, if you divorce, then your partner's entitled to like half of whatever. Right. So she's like, I'm going after your stake in the business, asshole, because you don't want me. So we then jump over to the scene at Jane's apartment and her and Chris, the retailer, are kissing in this really like slow, like, I just, weird. I really did not care for this they're just scene. Ki- they're like... They're kissing on the couch. They're like sucking each other's faces, but like literally. And they're not touching. Like if you're making out, you're doing other things too. They're just kissing. Yeah, just but like <laughs> like hands in laps. <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Like touch, rub, you know. And so Jane is takes a break from the face sucking, and she's like, "Gosh, this is so." great we really have something special when we first started spending time together i was so nervous you were so accomplished and i just want to know what do you see in someone like me and this is so dumb because like she's clearly like stunningly gorgeous 
It's like, what do you mean? What did you see in me? And Chris is like, Jane, you're so beautiful. When I look at you, I see the future, your talent. You are the person that I want to be sitting with for the, my l- whole life. And then he follows that up with, it's getting late, gotta run. <laughs> yeah, okay, and I have to ask, have they had sex yet? Or did we just presume that they've had sex? Or I'm, I'm have sure. we seen them actually get to that next level? We've never seen them have sex. Just the way that they are with each other just kind of like led me to believe that they had. They make but, out everywhere. Yeah. And he leaves and Jane kind of has this expression that like, oh man, like I've been rejected, but almost like, why won't he sleep with me? Mm. Maybe he's got something. I think he does. Well, he has. I think he does. It's coming up in my predictions. Oh, really? Yeah. And he, he was like, I've I've seen so many whores to last a lifetime. <laughs> P.S. I have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, he's like, it's getting late. Got to run. And now we go. We're, we're on the boat with the Coast Guard. We're on the open water and they're looking for survivors or anything. Hey, Smitty. Smitty, there's a body out there. Wave if you can hear me. And, like, just coincidentally, there's no other debris in the water. Mm-mm. It's just a piece of drift boat or some some part of the boat. Jake's on the Titanic and door. <laughs> Jake is just draped over it. And they're like, hey, mister, if you can hear me, wave your hand. And he, like, waves his hand. And then they're like, I'm going to throw you a life ring. And they hurl it out at him. And it almost takes his head off. Yeah, it's... It could have hurt him. And really, with the precision that that guy threw that out, that's admirable. It's amazing. He should play for the NFL. That was great. So, Jake is saved, guys. And me and Jenny did the math. Jake's been out there for over 24 hours. Yeah. Just floating. He'd have been eaten. Or, I mean, like, he'd have injuries or he's super dehydrated. Think about that. You have no way to shield yourself from the sun. Your body is half submerged in the water for more than 24 hours. It's certain you've peed and pooped yourself. I mean, yeah, he had a little (laughs) bit of the Joe going on. I I mean, I I don't know. We'll get into this as we kind of see Jake further on in the episode. But he's alive. He should be really on the cusp of life. Mm -hmm. But he's alive. Coast Guard's got him. He got the life ring. Now we are poolside at Melrose Place with Allison, Joe, Billy, and Matt. And they're all chilling. At a table that's like never out there. Yes, until Until you never see it. it. They've done it before, but on on a smaller scale. Maybe around Christmas people were out there chilling yeah so we've got joe and matt and allison and one other um, billy is is it billy yeah and they're all kind of talking about the craziness that happened could it be that jake's dead and what hat what were the circumstances that got them out on the water and they're talking shit about amanda too (laughs) oh yeah just saying you know is that really paul knowing what kind of a man palmer is or was did that kind of have any kind of relation to how amanda is in her life yeah yeah and they're like oh it makes sense she's a bitch so is palmer (laughs) (laughs) it's all about not asking for help from anybody and not accepting help or giving help to anybody which Mm. is not true no i mean 
I she think, offers help if she can if she sees a benefit to her. Yeah, I mean, remember she bailed Joe out of prison for like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and yeah, she's done a couple good things. I just can't think of any right now. <laughs> um, she she helped Joe with the pregnancy a little bit. Yeah, there's stuff that she's done. But anyways, as they're talking, Jake just saunters on into Melrose Place. Like that same night. So they found him in the dark. And this is presumably the same evening, (laughs) maybe hours later. Same clothes, completely dry. I mean, it gets dark at 530, like maybe let's say 730. The friends are out talking. They're not going to be talking past midnight. Yeah. So he just got saved within like a four to five hour period. And he's already like off the coast of Catalina Island. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, guys, I'm back. Yeah. And like the clothes aren't wet. It's the same clothes as picked no up. No hospital stay. Hair looks not good. being questioned by the police at all. I mean, your freaking boat exploded. And he has like weird like just a scratch. It just looks like a tiger face. like clawed his face. <laughs> it's not good. He should be sunburned beyond recognition. He would have to have been in a hospital. Yeah. I mean Yeah, yeah you'd have to, you'd have to get a full physical. I mean like, people have his. died being out in the elements like that for over twenty four hours just by like the the sun and being dehydrated. Yeah. He dove off the boat. That exploded completely. He should have some burns. <laughs> I do not buy this one second. So everyone's like, and did you feel like this whole return of Jake thing was very like downplayed and lackluster? It was just like, oh, hey, There's Jake. no details. Hey, what's up? Like they didn't even. What's up, bro? They didn't you even like, get up to be like, you're alive. No, was, they did. They got up. They're just like, oh, hey. And he's like, hey, is Amanda around? And they say, yeah, she's up in her apartment. And then he's like, okay, I got to go talk to her. So and Joe's pretty hurt by this. She's like, what? You're not going to talk to me first? Yeah, it's weird. So he goes up to Amanda's, knocks on the door. She opens it. And she's like, oh, my God, it's Jake, it's you. And he's like, hey, I'm back. I thought I was going to die out there. Oh, Jake, you can't believe how the last few days have been for me. And he's like, yeah, you can't believe how they've been for me, Amanda. You have no idea what the last few days have been like for me. What a fucking selfish bitch. Yeah, I know. God, I hate you. Give me a break. You don't say that to people. Yeah, and it's just like, you know what? Have a little bit of culpability. I mean, your father is the person that put Jake in this position. Yeah, for the second time, your father has been an ass to Jake. Yeah, and really like threatened his life and his freedom. And she's sort of responsible. She harbored him. Yeah. And so, she got the money out. And so Amanda's just like, all right, Jake, tell me, where is he? Is he in the West Indies somewhere? Is he in Mexico? Panama. What's going off? Did he pay you off? You know what? Never mind. I don't want to know. I'm sure you had your reasons to accept his money. And Jake is like, Amanda, he took me against my will. He had a gun. He made me go out into the middle of the ocean. And he had his little friend Brittany there who killed him he murdered him and then they blew up the boat 
Yeah. So this is now all sinking into Amanda that her father is truly dead. And all she has to say about it is, well, there it is. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's it. And Jake's like, I'm sorry. And that's it. And then doesn't she want to do it? I think that comes later. Oh, okay. But I mean, what a bitch. That is like... And, and I like as you were talking, I was just putting it all together that yeah. like, look, the money that Palmer wanted to like use is getting away with is the money that you got out you of the fucking bank got it for out. Him. He like Jake wouldn't be in this situation if it wasn't for you. It's horrible. Yeah. And all she can talk about is how this is affecting her. My daddy that I kind of hate yeah. is now dead. Oh, goodness. So Jane, now we go to Jane and Sid. Um, Michael, Michael is basically stalling the the negotiations of the the divorce now, and Jane is really um, she's scared, she's nervous. She's like, Sid, you got to get this locked in. I'm telling you, he's a he's a con artist. He will he will try anything. You really really need to hammer this home. She is very adamant about Sydney hiring a lawyer. But Sydney keeps saying, no, I want to do this my own way. I know him. And then Jane says a very odd thing here. She says, you give him an inch, he'll take a kilometer. (laughs) And I think she said even a kilometer. He'll he'll take a kilometer. (laughs) It's like, what? Give him an inch, he'll take a kilometer. (laughs) And a design. Like, what is up with that? Who, what writer wrote that? It's you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. Yeah. Um, like you're, you're mixing up the metric system. She is, I'm trying to look her up. She, she's an American actress. No, I think it's something to do with the script, babe. I mean, it's in the script. You give him an inch, he'll take a kilo, a kilometer. But I think she said a kilometer. Yeah. She was born in Seattle, Washington. So no excuses for using kilometer. That wasn't very a, weird. That wasn't a liberty that she took. So Sydney just says, you know, I just feel like if I could get him to agree to this, it would be some way that I could maybe repay you for the kindness that you've shown me. I need to make things right and I need to do it on my own terms. And Sydney says, Sydney says to Jane, like it's a pissing contest. She's like, I do know Michael as well, if not better than you, Jane. <laughs> Like you were married to him for like a day and it was forced. And honestly, I would just be like, great, you win that contest. I don't want to freaking know Michael yeah, at all. You really know I him, want him. Sid. Yeah, gr- great job. Okay, I don't care. Just give me my money. Yeah. So Sydney calls Michael at the hospital and she wants an answer. And Michael, he's, he's talking to her. Um, he's got to sort of hide that he's on the phone with her. Yet again, because Kimberly walks in the room and they set up a meeting nine o'clock at the Chateau something. Chateau de Ville. Chateau de Ville. And so it's going down. The next scene, we are with Amanda and Jake and they're at the morgue to identify Palmer's body, which number one, I was very surprised that they even had a body to identify. Yeah, I thought he'd be in pieces. Yeah. He didn't jump off the boat. And the guy is like... Well, the condition of the body is not good, but it's very evident that the sheet is over a human-shaped figure. Yeah. And they pull the sheet back. Amanda takes a look at the face, and she just says, yep, that's my father. Mm -hmm. 
And then she asks, can I have a moment alone with him? Yeah. And I, I wrote, I thought like, here comes the monologue. Right. I thought she was going to like have it out. Like we were going to see Amanda like. Break deli- down, cry. Deliver this like stellar thing. Like, damn you, daddy. Yeah. Something like, like that. Yeah. But they just cut away. No, nothing. <laughs> nothing. We don't get to see it. They just cut away. So they don't care. We don't care. We're heading to shooters. <laughs> <laughs> and Allison and Joe are having a little girls night out. And Joe is kind of talking to Allison about how she feels as though she's lost her priority status with Jake. And she feels hurt that upon returning to Melrose Place after this huge accident, Jake goes running into the arms of Amanda instead of coming to get her consolation. And Joe, she's like, I just... I find, I'm finding it so hard to play it cool. And then Allison says some fucked up shit. She's like, well, hey, Joe, you know, cool isn't isn't in your repertoire. What? what? No, that's not true. Joe's the coolest. And I think maybe She's Allison cool was aunt. trying to say that, like, it's hard for you to pretend that things don't bother you in relationships when if they do, you want to talk about them. Maybe I thought she was saying like Joe wasn't like, cool. You're not cool at all. Like Joe is cool. She's cooler than you. Allison's a big time nerd. But okay. coolest <laughs> shit she ever did was have coolest shit Allison ever did was have sex and Betsy at her college. <laughs> <clears throat> um. Well, then Allison gives Joe some advice. You know, having a relationship with someone is like a government. You have to establish rules and regulations. It's like. They don't have a relationship. It's a friendship. It's a so you have I'm the president. To, and she, she's like, you have to go to him and you have to figure out like what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. So it's like, would you go to your friend and be like, hey, a few ground rules for our friendship. I would like it if you ever have a problem, you're not allowed to talk to anybody else about it. But me, I must be the first person that you come to. What kind of advice is this? Allison is that per- that person who doesn't have friends. And you can't like, be doing that to people. Why would you ever take her advice? Yeah. You, Given I would like not. knowing what she's been through lately. Never take advice from someone who's wearing a sleeveless turtleneck <laughs> sweater. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you, Allison? <laughs> Calling people not cool and you're rocking the sleeveless turtleneck. Give me a break. Well, it's then that we see Billy and Elizabeth walk into shooters and oh, they belly shit. up to the bar. And then Allison jumps up and like folds um, a turtleneck. Will down. you excuse me? It's like that's your first reaction to go and like accost them and be like, yeah. um, excuse me, Billy, may I talk to you privately? Why do you care, Allison? Yeah, like leave them alone. Why do you give a she shit? She is terrible. <laughs> She is so annoying. I cannot, I cannot handle her. Oh, it's, I, like, this I, is serious. This is becoming the Wayne's World scene. No joke. <laughs> I don't even own a gun. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we broke up. Get the net. <laughs> you know, and I, I can sympathize with Allison. I realize she has gone through a lot quite recently, and it's really unfortunate how everything unfolded with her and Billy, but. She agreed that, okay, fine. You want to see other people? You don't want to be with me anymore? Then go live your life. So it's just like, let him live his life. Yeah. And honestly, Allison, given, like you said before, Dan, given your 
whole situation at work and what happened to you with your family, maybe you should pack up and go to San Francisco and mm-hmm. really reconnect with your sister. Yeah. And start fresh. Start fresh, man. It's, it's seriously Wayne's world. She's like, one of these days, Wayne, you're going to lose me. <laughs> I lost you six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> we broke up. Get the net. And so, so she pulls Billy away and she's like, look, it's very unprofessional of you to be dating our secretary. If I was Billy, I would slap her and say two words. Steve, wait. <laughs> yes, Steve McMillan. Steve McMillan. Those are the two words. Yeah, Steve McMillan. You freaking weirdo. <laughs> Remember at his hotel room when I called you and you popped champagne and spilled it all over each other and giggled on Thanksgiving? Do you remember that? <laughs> Remember? Yeah, she's done so much stuff to him. Like So much I, fucked up She shit. does not have any room to talk. So she's like, what are you doing here? And like, she's like, are you dating her now? And he's like, whoa, is that an accusation? And she's like, yeah, this is so unprofessional. And he's like, look, uh, Allison, you didn't want me going to New York. So I came back. You didn't want me doing like other stuff. And I did whatever you wanted to do all the time. And now we've agreed we're not together anymore. So I'm going to be doing my own thing. You didn't want me to live in New York. So I came back and then you blew every opportunity that we had with each other. And so Allison just is like, what do you see in her? And then he Mm. delivers a zinger. She's you two years ago. Oh. That stings. Heartbreaker. That is a really tough thing. You see this like fresh faced, like hopeful, young, pretty girl who's basically just taking your place. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she wears that blue robe with the stars on it. Maybe. That's what Billy missed. <laughs> when she stopped wearing that, that's when it all fell apart. You got to bring back Old Faithful. Get him back. <laughs> We're back now with Amanda and Jake, and they've returned to Amanda's apartment. They're lounging on the couch, kind of... All just, they do is sit on the couch. Just thinking about like all of the the last few days' events, and that's when Amanda says, you know, I just keep thinking about my father and just wondering like what it would be like if he were in a federal prison somewhere. And I'm thinking, maybe he's better off. What? I think, I think she's right. You think your dad is better off dead? I think so. That's right. <laughs> he was... He was okay, evil. He's an evil man, it's Jenny. It's one thing, but that's her he, dad. But he fucking sold counterfeit cars to people... He ripped Jake's shirt open when he was wired. He he's like tried to murder. No, you don't have he tried to, to murder Jake. You don't have to list off all the things that he's he's done. I understand. He's but, a piece of shit. So Amanda and Jake start kissing, and Jake pulls away, and he's like, "Look, Amanda, neither one of us is thinking clearly. We need to stop." And she's just like, "Jake, don't do this now." And he's like, "Look, I can't turn it on and off. Like, I am not abandoning you." I'm still your friend, but I just don't want to be with you in this capacity. And that's where they leave it. Yeah. Then, uh, so we head over to the hotel. The Chateau de Ville. Chateau de Ville. And for such a fancy name, it is a, quite a basic hotel. 
pretty basic. Nothing. They go to some shitty ass hotels. It's like the quality. There's yeah. nothing good happening there. Um, so Michael, he immediately he's like putting the moves on Sid. Gives a little kissy kiss. He knows this is what Sydney wants. Yeah, and Sydney's like, Michael, neutral territory does not have a king size bed. <laughs> and he's like, Sydney, you were right all along. I love you. I'm only with Kimberly because I feel like she's gonna kill me. She followed us to dinner last night. And I think I she, think she tried, tried to kill, kill me this me afternoon. This afternoon. <laughs> Which is laughable. Oh my god! It's this is so transparent, so see through his whole tactic here. And I'm like, look, Sydney is not dumb. Like, yes, she she's is. street smarts. No, she no, doesn't. she. Dan, I think she is. She is not but smart. But for her not to see this, I, it was. I'm just like disappointed in she's her. She's blinded by Mancini attention. So if he gives attention, she's her. like, yes. yeah, she's like putty in his hands. And he's like, I need, I need to prove I'm divorced. So, she, so Kimberly won't hurt me or you. Right. So he's like, I just need to play this out for a little bit. We need her to trust us <laughs> to get rid of her. I'm like, what? <laughs> but Sydney's totally buying this. He's like kissing and on her neck. And this is between like kissing and like hugging and fondling one another. So he's like just thrusting the papers into her face like, sign these. Quick. All you need to do is yeah. just put your signature here. Oh my here. gosh. I love you. Just here's a pen. <laughs> sign it. Oh, wait. Did you sign it yet? Wait. Do you want to? Here. Let me hug you. Go to page seven. <laughs> I need your initial here. Now, and here. Can you gonna, date it there? I'm going to kiss your neck and... Click the pen to open. So as soon as the papers are signed, he jumps he says, up. Signing these papers is the only way we can be safe. <laughs> Kimberly's dangerous. And um, do it for us. Once they're signed, he just jumps up and he's like, "Well, thanks a lot, Sid. Can't believe you fell for that one." Oh my god! It's so easy. And then he throws a brick of five G's at her. Yeah, and he's like, you just signed a divorce a divorce proceeding that you're getting nothing but this $5,000. I believe the the hip-hop community would call that racks. He gives her a couple of racks. Oh, okay. Racks on racks on racks. Here's your five grand. And then he's like, new low, huh, Sid? Taking money for not having sex? <laughs> And so he leaves, and then Sydney's like, I'll make you suffer, Michael. I will. I will. I wish, like, smoke came up and she, like, disappeared into a puddle. <laughs> and then Reed's parents show up. <laughs> so Mancini designs. Jane is taking a page out of Rhonda's book. Oh, really? You oh, see, with her outfit? outfit? <laughs> yup. That black hat and that jumper. Oh, that's very Rhonda-esque. That's Rhonda's closet right there. Yeah, it really is. Hey, girl. Maybe she used that as inspiration. Maybe it's um, maybe it's uh, cut up pieces of the get dress <laughs> it, that she loaned her. It could be. Um, so she wants to know how things are going with Michael. And then Sydney lies to her. She's like, it's the worst lie ever. We talked everything over. His lawyer is going to call me later today. He agreed to everything. You're going to get your stake back in your business and everything's going to be fine. 
Now, guys, here's a lesson of how not to lie, because there is no possible way that after telling this lie, you can produce the things that you lied about. Right. And maybe in her brain, she's like, I'm going to go and like get Michael and like get the papers before he can submit them to an attorney. And That's bad lying. Guys. I don't know. Because- a lot of hoops you kind of have to jump through <laughs> to get that that lie to come true. So you, when you, you need to be more vague. You need to say, well, still working. You know, so I'm really working on it. It was crazy. We were about to come to terms and he had to leave. That's a better lie. Yeah, yeah. You know, something happened. He got a page. But for whatever reason, Jane is buying this. And she's like, wow, Sydney, I guess you do know him better than I do. Yeah. And he's going to eat those words. Now, Joe, we cut away from there. Joe shows up at Jake's because she's taken Allison's advice for whatever reason. And she asks Jake if he has a minute. And she says that she, her feelings got hurt when he went upstairs to Amanda and this didn't really talk so to her. This is so uncharacteristically Joe. And I don't know if it's because she's taking Allison's advice, but... She's wearing a bad outfit, Maybe too. it's pregnancy hormones. I don't know how you anyone could... Like, this is the most selfish thing how dare you? Yeah. Knowing what Jake has been through, you have the gall to go up to him the next day and say, my feelings were hurt that you didn't want to talk to me the moment you got home. It's like, did she knows that it's Palmer's that, dead too, right? It, maybe maybe it's like, like uh, family and close friends get weird around big occasions, you know? Like, I mean, like I know a, what you're saying about like at a, a wedding, wedding. It brings out the best one, and the yeah. worst in people. I get what you're saying. One little thing, and it's like, oh, he he called, he texted me and didn't say bye. You know. Well, I think it. This is and they use that. I think this is insanely selfish of Joe, and I was really disappointed that she even said anything like this to Jake. And Jake is too, and he pretty much blows up at her, and he's like. Is that really the issue here? I almost died. That's yeah, what he said. Honestly. And it's just kind of like he's like, everybody in this apartment building is just out for number one. You're so self-absorbed. It's all about me, 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 me. How does everything affect me? And I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. I need to get out of here. And, and Joe- he's like, maybe, maybe Amanda's right. Don't help anyone. Don't take any help. And Joe's like, you don't really mean that, Jake. And Jake does. I mean, why doesn't he really mean that? He hates help. He hates money. <laughs> and then, and that's when Joe says, I used to feel like I was the one afraid of commitment, but I'm really seeing it's you. And it's like, Joe, shut up. Jake, Jake's been in a relationship for every season. He's not afraid of commitment. Yeah. So- he's, a, he's loyal. So now they're in a screaming match now and Joe is leaving and she's like, well, the next time one of your businesses goes up in flames, don't <laughs> expect me to be here when to help you out, which is mm. pretty funny because this is the second business that he's had that has literally gone up in flames. And there's a theme, Amanda. <laughs> Amanda blows your shit up, bro. Yeah. Now, here's the humdinger. Michael... He shows up at Mancini Designs. 
and reveals that Sid is full of shit. A hundred percent full of shit. Yeah, he's like, this business is such a moneymaker, Jane. I'm so happy that we can still be working together. I feel like I'm going to be able to buy that second beach house, and or he says that beach house in a few months' time now. I kind of thought he was already like out of the company. He already, because he had to sign away he had to, a bit, He had right? to allow them to work with, Chris's company in order right. to put those clothes in the retail shops. Right. But I thought the retail shop wouldn't work wouldn't work with Jane unless Michael was off. I think unless he agreed to it. Oh, okay. Well that that was confusing for me. But yeah, so Michael's like, yeah, he's gonna love being in the fashion business. And Sydney is hearing all of this. Her back is turned to them and she's just like not even like facing the music. She's dumb. She's a dumb kid. Yeah, and she's like, um, yep, so secret's out. <laughs> I did sign the divorce papers, and uh, Michael is still in your business. Sorry. I'm just going to sit here and sew. So, as you can imagine, Jane is very upset. And then Sydney tries to turn it around. He's like, she, he tricked me. He just wants to be a part of your life, Jane, in any way that he can. This is all him. It's nothing to do with me. You signed the paper, Sid. Yeah. You're dummy. So Allison, we go to Allison and Billy at D&D. They're chatting about an account. And the assistant, Elizabeth, is yeah. that her name? Yeah. She walks by and Billy is like, oh, hey, yeah, you, you should listen to this too. And Allison's sharing like some, some insider stuff. And yeah. And there's this very strange pause and just think of this if you if this happened to you you like come up on two people talking and then the one person is like yeah why don't you tell her what you're telling me and then that person just like doesn't make eye contact with you and like like looks away and exhales deeply and just is like you can tell that their jaws tensing up mm-hmm. like i would be like you know what i'm good and i would just leave yeah. but she was like um can you and then she just keeps talking like nothing happened and then she says, Elizabeth, can you please go pull the LaRue personnel file? And then Elizabeth leaves. And then she scolds Billy again for how unprofessional he's being to allow someone at Elizabeth's level to listen to a strategy meeting. And this wasn't a meeting. They were standing up in cubicles. That's not a meeting. That is like chatting with colleagues. And then Allison is like, oh, just so you know, someone from the office asked me out and I'm probably going to go. Bullshit. Yeah, that is so stupid. And then Billy's like, cool, that's fine with me. And while we're being honest, if you could please take the photo of me and you off of your desk. Elizabeth saw it and she said it makes her feel uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) That is so mean. And is like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll put it down. Allison, no one wants to date you. Stop yeah, making stop. shit up. Ugh. It's terrible. She's Jealousy does not look good on her. So now we cut away. Jake has is, got his backpack on. He's got his uh, motorcycle helmet with him. And he knocks on Matt's door. And he asks Matt how he's doing. Uh, Matt asks how Jake is doing. And Jake's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm good. But, um... Here's the keys to my apartment, and um, can you give these uh, give these to Amanda, and uh, just tell her to keep the deposit. 
And Matt is like, well, what's going on, Jake? Where will you go? Well, you know, when something big happens in your life, you know what they say? You got to either change your name or change your life. When your luck's bad. Who tell? I've never heard that before. Yeah, who says that? When your luck is bad, you better change your name or change your life. What would changing your name do? <laughs> who knows? So he is re- he's done with Melrose Place. He hops on his bike and he rides off into the night. And if I were him, I would too. Yeah. What's- Melrose Place is like has done nothing but really impact your life in a negative way, especially through Amanda Woodward. You have two ex-girlfriends. You have no boat to escape to Get anymore. Get out of there. Roll, huh? Bye. Roll. Business is over. Bounce. See ya. And then we get the credits. And for the first, I think this is another first, we see stills of the episode in the credits. Yeah. This uh, Well, if this has happened before, we didn't notice it until today. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool. But very sitcom-y. Yeah. So... Let's recap this mofo. Billy is dating his new secretary. Palmer confirmed dead. But Jake is alive and he is fed up with the Melrose Place drama. Michael returns to work. And he convinces Sydney to sign a very one-sided divorce decree. Allison's a jealous bitch. Michael is choosing to stay with Kimberly. And Jake moves out of Melrose Place. All right. 90s moments. There were a lot at the beginning. At the beginning. But then I kind of lost the I lost the trail. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. There were no, what, do you, what do you got? Well, I think we both have this definitely the VHS that Palmer sends to Amanda. Mm-hmm. And the VCR she puts it in. Of course. Uh, I've got... On her, on Amanda's desk, there's like six leather-bound books that look like the story books with the gold. The gold. Oh, like if you shut the book, it looks like, like gold, gold paper. Leaf, yeah, yeah. Those are on her desks. Um, at the beginning, you were saying like the camera work was all shitty. Oh yeah. Like they're like panning over the the water. The the camera is clearly cameraman's clearly on a boat that is shaking. So it's very, very shaky. And that's a 90s moment because there's no drones. That'd be that's a drone shot. right. Yeah. 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 You wouldn't have to charter a boat. You could just fly a drone out over the water and get your shot. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Uh, I have Jane's claw clip and choker. Ooh, nice. Um, the old police car at the boat dock. Billy's all jean outfit. I mean, he's rocking the same shade of jean, like jean button-up shirt and a jeans you gotta love that jean very monochromatic <laughs> uh amanda's old porsche she pulls up to the boat dock with the rollerbladers that are going across the exterior shot of melrose place no one rollerblades anymore N- uh, 90s moment was this, the stack of five grand it had the old the old hundies oh yeah And Elizabeth's hairstyle, especially the first time we see her, it's kind of reminiscent of Allison's mane, but it's more PC. It's like, like several layers of it that are like, kind of like, like back. It's like this, this terrible hairsprayed, like almost 
gelled look Ugh. on long hair. That's Ugh. just doesn't work for me. Yeah, no thanks. No thanks. Jane's out Jane's uh Rhonda outfit. Mm-hmm. With the matching hat. Damn, I thought I had more, but I don't think I do. Maybe the morgue. Morgues look like that anymore? <laughs> I don't think morgues have changed much in the last twenty five years. No one's been like, hey, let's 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 redesign these. <laughs> it's not not a, not very two thousands. So Dan, <laughs> we can take a lesson from all of these episodes. What did you learn from episode number five? My lesson is to take matters in your own hands. If you want your desk moved, move your desk. If you you know, do it. It like you don't need Al you don't need Amanda to get your desk moved. That's you know, switch with somebody. Fucking do do your thing. And if you want to and along the lines of take matters in your own hands, with Jake, fresh start. You know, you want to leave, go leave. Go start it. Start your own start your own way. Like just take matters into your own hands and don't involve other people that don't need to be involved. That's my lesson. Good stuff. What's yours? I think that if you haven't learned this by now, Never believe a word out of Michael Mancini's mouth. <laughs> I don't know how many times Sydney is going to be duped by him, but it's like he, anytime he's lying to you, <laughs> like I don't even get it. This is this old song and dance has been done so many times. It's almost comical that she's like, Oh, I believe you. Just don't believe him. He tried to bang you. And tied you up and then left. Yeah, and then the very like next communication you have with him, you think he's like, you know what? You're totally right, Sydney. It's just complete craziness. I do love you. Yeah. But after you sign this. Yeah. Oh, man. So now it's time for Bitch, Bitch of, of the, the Week. Week. I'm a boss ass bitch, 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 bitch. Bitch, 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 I'm a boss ass bitch. Last bitch, week, bitch, I bitch, voted, bitch, I nominated bitch. Sydney. Jenny, you've nominated Brittany. And Facebook, we have a tie, eight to eight. What? Yeah, that's why I told y'all Twitter is important. You know why? Because it gave the edge. Four to two in favor of Sydney. Oh, wow. Daniel, congratulations. Thank you. So with a total of 12 to 10, Sydney was our bitch of the week, beating Brittany. Guys, Twitter's important. If you really want your bitch to win, you got to vote. So, uh, Dan, congratulations. But I will have to tell you that Donald agree that Jenny's argument for the girl from the sea was hilarious and every name she came up with her for her was spot on. Unfortunately, Dan, what Sydney did was not a bitchy thing. It was just Sydney being Sydney. It's behavior we've come to expect from her. So for my second nomination for the bitch of the week would be Chris because that dude is creepy as a dude can be. You got a point there, Donald. He is a freak psycho. Donald, I'm starting to think this is a personal attack on me, to be honest. Because, oh, stop. Uh, you haven't agreed with one of my bitch of the week <laughs> for the last That's like, okay, Donald. You can keep agreeing weeks. with me. Yeah. Come on, Donald. 
Give me, cut me some slack. But you know what, Dan? Zach says the same thing. He says that he doesn't agree with any of these options. Um, but he, he's got to have the obligation to vote. He's choosing Brittany as Sydney's just being Sydney. Like Donald said, um, he would have gone with Billy or Palmer. We've got a mutiny on our hands. Because <laughs> Mike says, I'm sorry, I can't vote for either of these people. <laughs> Brittany was just, this is not the regular election, guys. You can vote. You should vote. <laughs> Brittany was just doing a job like any person. She was not, by the way. She was a murderer. <laughs> uh, she actually turned out to be nicer than we would have thought. She Really? She offered Jake to come with her and retreat with the money. Well, that's something that was unexpected. Yeah. Unfortunately, as we know, Jake hates money. That's true. <laughs> Sydney is just being herself. Sydney's a bitch. She loves Michael, and I believe they are soulmates. There was nothing out of the ordinary of Sydney's behavior in this episode. My vote is for Chris Marchetti. The way he was eyeing Sydney all tied up and the way he talks to her makes him a bitch. Can't Jane catch a break with guys? Runner-up is Jake. Who doesn't leave with a supermodel and a million dollars? What a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> those are like great it. points and you know i like it yeah that is kind of a no-brainer and i do feel like you're totally right michael and sydney are soulmates but look she just murdered a man and she's like jake come with me i have a million dollars i'd be like you just killed somebody I can't go with you. Yeah. Janky says that she reluctantly had to vote for Sydney too because the others felt like she wa that weren't true. Um, she thinks that it is Billy. Seriously, stop complaining and just get laid already. Remember when he was in New York City? He was already dating someone. I would even say Allison could be bitch of the week. Girl, just stop interviewing most. Oh. Girl, just start interviewing. Sorry. Most companies don't check. Check. I got it. Most companies don't check references. Maybe Models Inc. wants wants an ad wants an in-house ad person. We know Escapade has an opening. <laughs> don't let yourself be Amanda's bitch. Be proactive. You stood up to her creepy molesting dad. You can do anything. That's great advice. Yeah. Amanda voted for Brittany on Twitter, but changed the vote purely because Dan was saying about Sydney wanting Michael to go bananas on Yabad. <laughs> Made her I, laugh so hard. I don't remember saying that. <laughs> but it's something you would totally say. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not denying it. Go bananas on Yabad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I fucking say on this podcast. Uh, Viv says, I don't really see these two as bitches. Damn it. No one agrees. No one agrees. <laughs> no one's on board with us. But, but that's okay. That's why we have this fine. forum. I choose Sydney because she never she never learns anything and is still breaking the G code. Even after Jane gave her a place to stay, a job at her company, gave her a personal day, and chose not to say anything to her parole officer. See, this is why I nominated her. She was released from the loony bin and could have been raped by that orderly. Sid should have used that time to figure out how to get her life together and not lust after the same man who got her back into hooking, <laughs> started stripping, got her ass kicked by street hookers. Oh, yeah. And the list goes on. But, hey, 
That's Melrose Place. <laughs> I'm still passionate on Billy, on picking Billy as the bitch of the week. I'll try, I try to feel sorry for him due to the fact that Allison left, left me at the altar, but now he needs to move on and get over it. Kevin says it's a tough choice, but he went with Sydney. She's his girl, and he loves the chaotic scheming. But come on! Jane has forgiven you again, and the first thing you do is try to seduce Amnesiac. I don't know how to say this. Amnesiac. Amnesiac. Oh, Michael. On his sand dune? Give it a rest, Miranda. I got it, Sid. I get it. Sid loves Michael, but let's move on. I agree with Mike that slimy Chris, the retailer, would be a good candidate for Bitch of the Week, but I'm sure he'll be nominated many times in the weeks to come. He sucks. I love that everyone's calling him the retailer. <laughs> That's like, I don't even know his name. <laughs> Chris Marchetti. Mm-hmm. All right. Graham says, okay, after much deliberation, I voted for Brittany. Yay! And that's because the notion that crooks can be bitches too is kind of appealing to me. To be honest, though, I have zero sympathy for Palmer. Yeah, me neither. Because when you're a slimy lowlife and you associate yourself with, you know, contract killers, you should realize that you just might end up dead yourself. As for Sid, I don't think she was going out of her way to be bitchy. I just think Michael is her Achilles heel. Yeah, that's that's true. Tiffany says that we both had compelling arguments, but she's casting her vote for Billy. Could Allison have handled running away from the wedding better? Yeah, you bet. But Billy saw with his own eyes what a psycho Mr. Parker was, and instead of helping Allison recover from childhood abuse and the completely insane current-day behavior of her parents, he's like, hey, you know what would be fun? A wedding in Vegas. When Allison (laughs) says no, he throws a temper tantrum and shows absolutely no empathy for her situation whatsoever. Now that Billy is working with Allison, he's still incapable of being a grown-up. He's lashing out at her with all kinds of passive-aggressive barbs and just generally acting like a pouty little brat. Did he forget that he is the one who broke things off with Allison? She needed more time to recover from being abused, attacked, and traumatized. She lost both her parents in all of this, and he doesn't have one shed of shred of compassion. Yeah, I agree. He's a little biatch, too. So I think the, the main theme here is that Billy probably should have been nominated. Yeah. But he can always be a bitch. He's an easy target. Well, we thank you all so much for weighing in on this and makes us kind of think about our choices. Yeah. But this time around, Dan, who are you nominating for this week? My bitch of the week this week is Allison Parker. Ooh, tell us why. Here's why. Dude, you can't control Billy anymore. You guys broke up. I already said it. Get the fucking net relax and move on yes his desk is right next to yours yes he is dating someone who looks kind of like you but with better hair and (laughs) you're upset but hey it's life if you love him if you wanted him you should have married him that it's bitchy that now you're all trying to throw this professional bullshit at him like oh you shouldn't really date people that you work with well guess what honey you weren't saying that shit on Thanksgiving, were you? 
<laughs> Steve McMillan pouring champagne all over each other, giggling on the phone. He had to hang up on your ass. Remember that? It's fucked up, Allison. Your inappropriate work relationships. Uh, then, man, she can't. She just can't talk. She didn't want to marry him. She called it off. She wanted to break it up, but doesn't want Billy to move on. And you can't do that. And the number one reason why Allison is the bitch of the week is because she's making me defend Billy fucking Campbell. If you listen to this podcast at all, you know that I hate Billy. How can you... God, I hate this character. I'm defending Billy. Billy's the worst. You're a bitch, Allison. Well, if anybody makes you feel for Billy, I think that they, they're they doing something. Very bitchy. But I have to disagree. I have to nominate Amanda Woodward as the, the bitch of the week. And basically, the biggest thing that I'm seeing is that just what what Jake was saying to Joe, everybody in the apartment complex is only worried about themselves. Self-centered. How does it affect me? How's everything going with me? And this was definitely illustrated by Amanda throughout the episode. We see her in the beginning of the episode where... Allison is wanting to talk to her about switching desks and I can't really begrudge her of this because as I said earlier, she did tell Allison that she's going to make it her mission to make her life a living hell. But she goes to this whole, like my daddy blew up in a boat thing. And it's like, (laughs) shut up. And then the whole thing with Joe saying, Hey, um, Amanda, I have literal brown water coming out of my faucet. And she's like, I can't help you. My daddy blew up on a boat. And it's just like, you know what? I get it. You're going through a really tough time, but there are so many more tactful ways to take care of your everyday affairs than just act like a total bitch to somebody. And then she find Jake comes to her apartment after he's been floating on a piece of a boat for like 36 hours. He's almost died at the hands of her own father. And which the only thing she says is you don't know what my life has been like for the last few days, what I've been going through. <laughs> Bitch. What do you think Jake has been going through? What do you think your dad has been going through? Your dad is dead. And then when she learns that her dad is dead, well, there it is. That's it. No tears. No. I mean, I I get it. People handle grief in different ways. Not everybody cries. Not everybody shows their emotions. But literally, she's more concerned with getting it in with Jake than actually like working through her dad is dead. And although we can all agree Palmer is not a good guy and there are many things that he have, he's done throughout the series that makes him be a despicable person. He's still Amanda's father. And we know that she had a very tight bond with him, even though lately things have been bad between the two of them. You can't erase the history and the relationship that you have with your father growing up. And it's as if she does not even care. Dan, you brought it up yourself at the morgue. She sees the face of her dead father and it's like nothing. It's like she's selecting the kind of ice cream flavor she wants. (laughs) All chocolate. It's like, what, where, where are the tears? Where's the monologue? Where's the, like you said, damn it, daddy. Why did you do this to me? I mean, that would be more believable even from Amanda. It only supports your whole Asperger's theory that she is just. In- she is, she's robotic. 
So, I mean, I just think because she is so self-centered and so self-absorbed, she has definitely won the title of Bitch of the Week for this episode. So there you have it. On Tuesday, when I remember, I will be posting the Bitch of the Week polls on Facebook, in our group, and on Twitter. Head there and vote. And tell us who you think is the bitch. So now let's rename this thing. This episode was called Non-Sexual Healing. And you know what? After watching the episode, I kind of like this title. I don't get it. Uh, Because the two major storylines that you thought were going to end in sex didn't. Where Jane and the retailer are making out. And like, this is so special. We really love each other. And then he's like, I gotta go. See you later. So did no no one had sex this episode? And then Sydney and Michael. Yeah, go ahead. Sydney and Michael. And he's like, oh, you signed the paper. See you later. And then Jake and Amanda. And she's like... And Jake's like, we, I don't want this with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I get it. I get it, but I don't want to get it. Okay, well, what are, what are you thinking? <clears throat> I'm renaming this one. It's a quote from Palmer Woodward, and it is, try not to hate me. <laughs> uh, one person says it, but it works for a lot of people. Like, Jake is leaving Melrose Place. He would probably say to everyone, try not to hate me. Um, Sydney to Jane, after all this bullshit she's been through, try not to hate me, Jane. (laughs) Michael to anybody who he's fucked over, he could say try not to hate me. But he wouldn't care. But he wouldn't care. And the secretary, Elizabeth, she's moving in on Billy. She's going to have to work with Allison. Try not to hate me. I like it. Thanks. Mine is Lost at Sea. Lost at Sea. Because, you know, my, our friend Jake was out at sea, and there's a couple of characters who just really aren't anchored by anything, and they're just kind of floating out there like, what am I doing? Yeah. With Sydney being one of them and Matt being another one, too. I've got nothing <laughs> happening. Yeah. I'm just lost out here. No one cares about me. Please. I thought you would name it My Daddy Blew Up on a Boat. <laughs> my Daddy Blew Up on a Boat. <laughs> if you know something, tell me. If you, oh, shit. <laughs> we have Jersey Shore seeping into this. If you know something, tell, tell me. me. If you know something, Who wrote the note? Who wrote the note? <laughs> oh, God, guys. If you're not watching Jersey Shore, the original... I just threw. I don't on, know if you should, but I threw on season one one day, and I was just like, I want to revisit it. And, it's and I so was funny. like, This is so terrible, Dan. Why are you watching this garbage? And then, like, so twenty minutes in, I'm like, You better put on the next episode immediately. Smushroom, smushroom. <laughs> anyway, oh, okay. Right. So predictions of this actual I, episode. I I want to go. I want to like kind of talk to our listeners who know Melrose Place. And and maybe do some more research about it, but I I wonder if there was some like contractual thing with Jake where this might be his last episode. Really? Yeah, because I'm not See, I'm not sure how episode five though. Yeah, I don't know. I'm because I'm, I'm not sure how they write him back in because there's so many ways. He's really he's really the boat 
was like all he had left. It was the last sort of connection. Remember the last few episodes, we wouldn't even see him at Melrose Place. But it's like the boat's gone. You're not with Amanda. You're not with Joe. You've sort of the character itself has sort of run its course. I feel and like him riding off. I was thinking like, yeah, what does he have to come back to? It's nothing. It's abs- It's really nothing. So I'm. I. It's not really a prediction. But I know. I'm sure. I know he's gonna come back. But yeah. I don't know. All all of his stories are done. There's no there's no storyline for Jake. So I'll be interested to see how he gets back into uh, into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just think it gets way worse with Allison at work. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, I think this hardens Amanda, and she really like kicks it up, like shitting on her work and stuff. Um. I think she might quit and start boozing. Mm, okay. Quit and start boozing. I've been saying that for a while. Um, yeah, that's all I got, really. Okay. I think that the retailer's true colors are going to be shining through. And the reason I asked earlier is if we know if he and Jane have had sex yet, is I kind of think that he has a crazy like fetish obsession where he can't get off unless the woman that he is with is like in some kind of like distress. Hmm. The way that he's coming on to Sydney, I think he's got some like weird thing where like he needs to belittle them or, or call like the way that he was speaking derogatorily, uh, derogatively, derogatively, derogatorily. The way that he was talking shit on women. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When he's like, I've seen enough whores to last a lifetime. That really leads me to believe that he needs to like have domination. And he thinks that women are second class citizens. And I feel like he might be like the beginning of like a crazy serial killer. And he needs Jane to be his front to be as like, I'm normal. I have a loving wife or girlfriend. And really he's off being like just totally messing with these other girls. I don't know. So cool. I miss Robert. Robert, I think was the best for Jane. Yeah. Robert was really cool. Yeah. I wish he would come back and save the day and beat up this British bitch. <laughs> I think Jane is going to now try to exact revenge on Michael. And I think Michael might be trying to hatch a murder plan for Kimberly, trying to, you know, get his revenge. Because then you got to think, what is his motivation for staying with Kimberly? We talked about why would Kimberly want to be with Michael? Why would Michael want to be with Kimberly? Yeah, she tried to kill you. I mean, bro. like he he's proven time and time again that he's like not the the settle down type. Like he could just be single, sleep with whoever. Like, why do you need a live in? Why do you need someone with you? I don't know. She so, owns the house. So we'll see. Uh, and then I think that Allison's probably gonna try to get a date with that guy in accounting that asked her out. Remember? 
Oh man! She'll put, and then like she'll try to parade him around Billy to make Billy jealous, but only end up hurting herself. And Billy's probably gonna be oblivious to all of this and like won't catch any of the cues because he's such an idiot. And then everything will happen like <laughs> progress with him and Elizabeth. Like they're really happy, and then that's gonna drive Alice into the bottle. I want her to start dating that intern who delivered the mail. To- <laughs> I don't. Your package is here, Miss Woodward. <laughs> oh God. Um, cool. I wonder what what's up with Matt. Is Matt gonna get a story? He can, is. What's going on with that poor guy? Something. Something's gotta happen with Matt soon. Yeah. So there you have it, guys. That is the episode. As always, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram at Melrose Pod. Uh, there's a link in our show notes to our Facebook group, our private, cool, awesome Facebook group where a lot of people share cool things and Melrose stories. And we got whore flowers this week. Yeah, we got some <laughs> whore flowers. Thank you. I love those whore flowers. Um, uh, Janky uh, shed some light on what a million dollars in cash looks like in hundred dollar bills. Um, we got a lot of cool things going on in there. Yeah, Anna sent us the whore flowers. And then Charles also let us know that that big burger restaurant place doesn't exist anymore. It's a no. Starbucks. Uh, Stephanie, she just joined um, the group and found the podcast. She says, I just discovered this podcast and I'm loving it. I love the show back in prime time as I'm the same age as some of the characters on this show. The commentary is fresh. Spot on, hilarious. Dan's Billy impressions are LOL funny. I always look forward to listening to another episode commentary and have been working out to them instead of music. So thanks for making my treadmill a bit more bearable. Oh, thank you, Stephanie. Now yeah. just copy paste that and put it right on the Apple Podcast reviews. <laughs> <for> <laughs> Yeah, put that shit on Apple Podcasts. And another thing I wanted to share, Charles also showed us that in Charlotte, North Carolina, there's an apartment complex called Melrose Place. Comes complete (laughs) with a courtyard pool. I don't know if you're going to get the types of characters that you would, but a two-bedroom apartment's $895. We're moving. Bitch, we're moving. Yeah. (laughs) Our friend Christina, she says, this podcast is not safe for work. My new boss thinks I'm nuts since he catches me laughing while at my desk. Only on Tuesdays, though. (laughs) Thanks, Christina. We love you. Uh, Charles, um, this is a continuation of a conversation we've been having about um, Popper's grave guy. Uh, He posted a picture of him. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like a weirdo. Yeah, <laughs> and in um, oh gosh, it's crazy. Don't worry, Daniel. You went to they were episode three. What show is this? I don't even know. Was it Charles in Charge? I don't know, but apparently this this actor was on a different show, and all the kids call him Pizza Face. Oh man! It wasn't Melrose Place. It was definitely earlier than this. Damn. Um. There's an eighty dollar twenty seven by forty promo poster from Melrose Place on eBay for eighty bucks. Buy wow. it now. 
Yeah, that, that's like a season one or two poster. But yeah, I mean, it's really fun. Uh, we we finally we released our Patreon exclusive on location video of Melrose Place. We went to Los Feliz and we got some really good footage and 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 put together a little video for our patrons. So if you uh, want to see that, go to patreon.com slash Melrose Pod and um, contribute to the podcast, y'all. Well, guys, we love smut. And we love you.